You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Give me another shout. We got to get everybody's attention, huh? Good morning, everybody. This is a great way to spend a Sunday morning. And uh, it's it's been a wonderful weekend to be with you guys. It's been sunny every day that we've been here. So, an eight-cylinder engine in a car is a wonder to behold. Uh, Probably a lot of you have never actually seen one. Um, With eight cylinders, you've got incredible power, high speeds, incredible acceleration. It's probably a relic of the past at this point. Um, You know, we're not going to be seeing many of those going forward. But it is... You know, it's very interesting. You know, every once in a while, you run into somebody who's got a car like that, that's got all this ability, and they drive around town a little bit and never get over 25. And it's really a crying shame. But my, what I want to get across to you today is that that's what a lot of you might be doing. You have the most incredible power available to you, living in you. And yet, so many of us mostly live as if we have very little power at all. That might be you, just trying to get through life, trying hard, not exactly living a high-powered life. It's kind of like a a person with superpowers who doesn't know it and doesn't use them. And my challenge to you this morning is to start using all of the power that's actually available to you. So let's start here, here's the beginning. The first thing you have to get is that the Holy Spirit's in you. He's actually inside of you, if you are a follower of Jesus. John 14, beginning at verse 12, Jesus is talking to his disciples, and this is what he says. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. And they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate, another helper, to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, and he will live in you and with you. Now, I'm here to tell you that you have this promise from Jesus. If you're truly his disciple, striving to follow him and obey his commands, then you have this promise. And it's an incredible promise. He says it a couple of times. 
Ask me anything. Ask me anything, and I'll do it. The promise, of course, is that the Holy Spirit himself will live in you and be in you. And if that's realized, then great things become possible. This is the Spirit who was at creation bringing the world into being. Whatever he asks, he says, hang on to that part. Whatever we ask, and we'll come back to that a little bit more in a minute, but you have the Holy Spirit with you and in you. You're not alone. You know, a businessman in our church was going along, living a sort of, you know, kind of regular life, trying to follow Jesus, trying to be faithful. And one night he had a dream about work. And in his dream, some really surprising things were happening at the place where he worked. And he kind of just thought, that's weird, that's kind of strange, stuck it on the shelf. Two weeks later, everything in the dream actually happened. And he called me up and he told me about this. I had this dream two weeks ago and it was this, this, and this, and it happened today. And he says, Steve, we're not alone. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, I've been trying to tell you that for a couple of years. You're not alone. Folks, you're not alone. Do you know that you're not alone? The Holy Spirit is yours for the receiving, and he will live with you and in you. You don't have to live like you're alone in this world, like it's just you and you got to fight for yourself. That's not how you have to live. You can live a way better way because he's right here, right now, right with you, right next to you. You're not alone. And that has huge implications if you start to really believe that. Really big power implications. So that's the first thing. But the second thing is not only is he with you, but we have great power then working in us and through us. So much so that the Bible actually says it takes supernatural help to even understand how much power is available to us because we really can't get it otherwise. It's almost beyond our puny mind's ability to take in. Ephesians chapter 1, uh, verse 17, is a prayer recorded by the Apostle Paul praying for the believers in Ephesus. And he says, I keep asking, so he's asking over and over and over again. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Incomparably great power for us. That power is the same as the, might, as the mighty strength he exerted 
when he raised Christ from the dead. That's a lot of power. And seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. Because of the Holy Spirit, folks, you have the same power that raised Jesus from the dead living in you, working on your behalf, backing you up. Incredible power. Do you know what you have? It's kind of like a credit card. You know, like my back pocket, I have a little bit of UK cash. I noticed the queen is still on there. You know, but it's not that much. But I've got another piece of plastic in my pocket that I can use to buy, well, a fair, something really expensive if I wanted to. It's got the power of the whole banking system behind, behind it. It's sort of like, you know, it's, it's sort of like an inheritance almost. Now, of course, if I use it and it's beyond what, I have to back it up, I could be in trouble, right? That's called debt. <laughs> but here's the thing. The credit card we have with God is backed up not by us, but by the riches of his inheritance through Jesus. That, what does that mean? You don't have to worry about hitting the debt limit. You know, that's, that's how it is spiritually. We are being backed up by the promise of Jesus and the riches of our glorious inheritance as the children of God. So then the question becomes, all right, if that's true, if we've got that kind of power, if God's ready to back us up, if we can ask whatever, how do we actually access the power? How do we make it real in our lives? So the first thing, we access the power by listening. It's a, it's a kind of a little bit of a surprise, but you have to start with listening. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we've asked of him. So what he's saying is, we listen for what does God want us to ask for. And then when we ask for that, we can be sure that we'll get it because God already told us he wanted us to ask for it. Right? Does that make sense to you? Or don't, you're not asking just for yourself, but you ask what God is telling you to ask for. So, God's not like a fairy godmother or a celestial slot machine in which we can indulge our selfish desires. You know, there, there's, but there is a track that we can run on, and that's the track of hearing God and desiring his will and his glory. And if that is our motivation, we can ask anything. And we can be confident that we will be heard if we ask anything. That's the key. If you ask God what's already his will by the Holy Spirit, it's going to happen. So we always want to be listening 
Why do we ask? What do we pray? In this encouragement to ask, it gets repeated over and over. Matthew 7, Jesus says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? Or James 5, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. And if they've sinned, they'll be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain in the land for three and a half years. Don't try that at home. (laughs) I know it probably feels right now like you've had too much rain, but three and a half years would not be good. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. The idea here is we can be exceedingly bold in what we ask for within the bounds of seeking God's will and God's glory. So here's the question. Are you asking God for great things? Are you stretching out for great things to be happening? Are you asking him to do signs and wonders in your life and through you in your church? You can, and you should be. If you can start to grasp that reality, it'll like supercharge your life and your relationship with Jesus. And you know, it's a kind of a funny thing. When people first come to Jesus, I've noticed that when they first start following Jesus and they've just met Jesus for the first time and they're all excited and Jesus is so real to them, they, they instinctively start doing this. They ask God for everything. Remember that? Any of you remember back when you were first following Jesus and how you were crazy asking God for everything? But then over time, it kind of fades away. Probably because, you know, you finally bump up against something and the answer is no. You know, it's sort of like a father with his kids in the supermarket. You know, at some point he's going to say, no, you don't get, you can't have that. So, or maybe they get distracted by the good things of this world. Or maybe there's nobody around reinforcing it. Anyway, they stop asking with that kind of childlike boldness. And that's a tragedy. The saints of old knew how to be bold in their asking and receive many glorious things. We serve the same God, and the Holy Spirit lives us, so we should, we should start stretching to ask for greater things. Fourth, We're to ask for all things, big and small. Ephesians 6.18, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Or Philippians 4.6, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So there's this clear invitation. Pray for things both small and big. Pray for the most basic needs. Pray for strategic things, great things and small things. So a couple of Bible stories that kind of show this kind of approach to living. One of my favorites is in Matthew 17. It says, after Jesus and his disciples arrived in Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma temple tax came to Peter and said, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, he replied. And I think Peter's just replying out of pressure at that point. He didn't actually know. So when Peter came into the house, Jesus was the first to speak. What do you think, Simon, he asked? From whom do the kings of the earth collect duty and taxes? From their own children or from others? From others, Peter answered. Then the children are exempt, Jesus said to him. But so that we may not cause offense, go to the lake and throw out your line. Take the first fish you catch, open its mouth, and you'll find a four drachma coin. Take it and give it to them for my tax and yours. Money from the mouth of a fish. That's pretty good. Not a bad way to pay your taxes. You know, we pray for lost things. I once knew, I, I grew up on the American West, uh, where the ranchers were. There was a rancher in our place. He would pray for his farm machines when they broke down in the middle of harvest. And his machines would be healed. We had a guy back in the day when the computer filled a room this big, <laughs> instead of like fit into your pocket. Some of you are old enough to remember that time. I, we had some people who were working on one. One of our guys, something was wrong with the computer. Couldn't, it was having a glitch, which was a problem because it was a bank's computer. And he actually laid his hands on the computer and prayed for it, and it all start, started working properly. Like, ask for anything like you need along the way was kind of their approach. You know, we pray for God's provision. You know, uh, just last spring, I was over here at some meetings and uh, talking to one of our pastor friends in the vineyard here, and he was explaining that he was moving to a new city. He was going there to start a new church, but it was really expensive. He was moving from a really small place that was not very expensive to a bigger place that was a lot more expensive and didn't know how he's going to find housing for himself and his family. So we just stopped right there in the meeting and we prayed for God to provide a house. I says, don't worry, God will do something. God will provide you a house. So we prayed. Two days later, he catches me and he says, you'll never believe what happened. This morning, I was contacted by somebody in that town and they said they were going to give me what I needed to buy a house outright. Flat out. Two days later, we prayed for God to give him a house, and he got it in two days. Some of you would, might want to try that. Although I think when you're doing it to plant a church, there might be a little bit of an edge. 
You know, I, I met a guy over here years ago, here in the UK. Back, this was back in the day when, uh, well, when if you wanted to watch a movie, you had to go to a video store and get a, 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 a little box that had videotape inside of it and take it and play it in your machine. Some of you are old enough to remember this, but we won't ask you to admit it. And so anyway, this guy's telling me this story. He was a new believer. He was learned to ask. And he was, he was with a bunch of his friends who were not believers. And they, there was an old movie they all decided they wanted to watch together. So a couple of them went to the video store, and they didn't have it. And they came back and they said, we, we can't watch it because they didn't have it. And he says to his non-Christian friends, let's just pray right now that God will give us the video that we want to watch. And they all thought, that's nuts. And he says, well, what does it hurt? So he prays then and there out loud with his mates all standing around and asks God, you know, God, we really want to watch this video. Can you give us this? And he named the whatever the name of the movie was. And so, you know, then, then he finishes the prayer. He walks out the back, into the back garden of the house. And just as he walks out the back garden, the next door neighbor walks out into his back garden. And the next door neighbor has a video in his hands. And he says, I just watched this movie. It's really good. You want to watch it? And it was the one they were looking for. <laughs> And he handed it over the fence to him, and he walked back in with his mates and says, I got it. <laughs> Pray for anything. Pray for everything. You know, there's this great story in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 12. It's a little bit long. But it's really amazing. Acts chapter 12. So it says, uh, it was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church intending to persecute them. And he had James, the brother of John, put to death with the sword. And when he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, that would be the Jewish authorities, he proceeded to seize Peter also. And this happened during the Festival of Unleavened Bread, Passover time. And so after arresting him, he put him in prison because he, he had to wait till Passover was over before he could execute him. So, uh, so he's in prison, and it says, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. And then Herod intended to bring them out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. And the night before Herod was to bring him to trial, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, and sentries stood guard at the entrance. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and said, Oh, let's try this again. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell and he struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrists. And then the angel said to him, 
Put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And the angel told him. And so Peter followed him out of the prison. But he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. And they passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gates leading to the city. And it opened for them by itself. And they went through it. And when they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and, the, and everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. And when this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. So they're praying in this house, praying for Peter to be released. And Peter knocked at the outer entrance, and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. Rhoda became famous at this point. And when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back without opening it. <laughs> And exclaimed, Peter's at the door. You're out of your mind, they told her. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said it, it must be his angel. But Peter kept on knocking. <laughs> and so they opened the door and saw him and they were astonished. All right, let's see if I can get this to turn all right there we go so this seemed like an impossible situation okay this is like as impossible as it gets the guy's in prison the king is determined to kill him he's got him chained up he's got four squads of soldiers he's got locked gates between the prison and the outside it's utterly impossible but the church prayed and they asked for the impossible, Peter's release. And to their surprise and his, they received what they asked. He was completely set free. Would you have prayed in that situation? Would you have asked for the impossible? Would you ask for something that big? Mm. You know, we, uh, we had a situation many years ago where one of our small groups, somebody new came to the small group, and they wanted to be a leader in the church, and they'd come from another church. And uh, they'd left, it seemed, under a cloud, but he, he wouldn't tell them anything about what had happened at the other church or who knew about his situation. It was a really big church, so you had to know who to ask. And... Uh, he wouldn't give many names or references. And so they just thought, like, oh, this seems a, something seems off, but we can't find out any information. What should we do? And I said, well, let's pray and ask God to expose the truth. Let's just ask God to show us what's true. 
And so they did. So they're praying for God to expose the truth. One of these small group leaders was working at this company where uh, a software company, and their job was to come in at night after everybody had gone home and pick up all the trash and put it in the bin. So he's there picking up trash. There's papers all over the floor, picking up different ones. And there's a crumpled up piece of paper in one corner. And he felt like God said, uncrumple that one and look at it. So he picks it up, uncrumples it. And it's a first draft of a paper written by somebody who's interning um, at the seminary nearby from that original church, detailing the exact situation of what happened with the guy in their small group. So they got the entire story because he was directed to pick up a piece of trash in a corner. Anything can happen, folks. What do you need doing for the glory of God? Think about that. What do you need doing for the glory of God? Who do you know that's suffering in some kind of bondage or maybe some kind of addiction? What breakthrough is your heart just burning to see? Folks, you are the army of God on earth. You are his chosen ones, filled with the power of the Spirit. There is much, much, much more available to you than you've seen yet. And in these dark times, people need to see the light shining through someone. Why not you? So repent of your prayerlessness. Start asking God for everything. Ask him for every little thing and ask him for great things. It's part of God's plan for you. It's part of his inheritance in you. So here's what, how I want to finish this morning. Just get yourself calm for a minute. I'm going to ask God to give you an idea of something you should pray for today. Something bold that you should pray for. All right? Are you up for this? We're going to get some good stories out of this. Okay, Lord, I just ask you right now by the power of your spirit, will you put ideas in each person's mind of what they should particularly pray for this morning? Either some person or some things, something they should ask you for so that you will be glorified in this city. Now we're going to wait just a few minutes. And as you get that idea, pray it. To God, just right there. You can just whisper it to God right where you're sitting. Jesus, I just pray that you will surprise everybody in this room by the great things that you do and that you will open up a doorway for them to shine a light to all the forgotten people of this city. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect and stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church 
go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.